it's not something we do to give back. It's something fundamental that deserves a lot of attention and that has a business case in itself. It's, it's if you want to grow economies or to uh, have a more inclusive world and a world that works for everybody, we have to think at the how do you integrate social and environmental impact and peace and safety in the world. Biz Women Rock, episode 179. What's going on? This is Katie Kremitzos, and you're listening to Biz Women Rock. This podcast is dedicated to the stories of a really amazing businesswomen from all over the globe in all sorts of different industries who are here to share their business stories so that yours can be inspired by it. Servan Muizan is my guest today, and it took me a few takes to get that beautifully right. <laughs> that is the best French that I have. So uh, Servan is my guest today. She is a French lady who happens to live in London, and she went there because of love, by the way, which is a cool little uh, story that I got before we went into this interview. She has established an organization called Agunte, and it is just a phenomenal movement that brings together entrepreneurial women who want to make social change and want to do that through their businesses. Um, She started it back in 2001. It's gone through a lot of evolutions, but really what it is is a whole organization that allows women to to come, to participate, to uh, participate in events, to participate in an incubator program if they want to, basically so they can meet one another, they can exchange ideas, and they can get what they need to get their businesses moving um, and and be able to make the social change that they really want to make. It's a powerful idea. And you're going to hear, <laughs> it's so obvious just how passionate Servan is about this business and about what she's doing and about the forward motion that she's making and the impact that she's having. So um, what I would encourage you to do is if you have created a business or even if you have not yet created this business, but you have an idea because you really want to make a change in this world, maybe you want to, you know, uh, you know, wipe out world hunger, or maybe you want to make an impact on the homeless in your area, whatever it is, like if you have this social responsibility type of an attitude that you love to do and and social, uh, you know, causes, listening to her talk and listening to her in this interview will be a great resource for you uh, to know how you can do that better. And and obviously, in addition, she talks about her business system and and how she's been able to do it. So she is a trip. She's a lot of fun. You're really going to love this conversation. So let's go. Servan, thank you so much for being here on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Coming all the way from London, I appreciate you calling today. Um, I'm really excited to be able to have you here, to be able to tell your story. You are a woman on fire who has done, uh-huh. you're like a, a one woman revolution. Like you've ha- you've done really incredible things with your business. And so I'm really excited to be able to share the story with everyone and really get into how you're doing everything. Um, can you first just give us a little bit of a background as to what you were doing right before you started Agunte and like what, like what was, what started? started all of that? 
Oh, well, that's the funny you should say that because I, I, I never I never have that clear cut of before and after. <laughs> that's uh, good. Yes, the only difference is probably one day you registered, you know, uh, legally, uh, you know, in in the country where you where you live, and and that makes that difference, you know. But right. in essence, my 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 business is a social business. That means that. It's pretty much a lifestyle, a way of thinking. It's a it's a way of being in the community. It's a way of being in in society. It's a way to build relationship and to it's a philosophy. And in essence, there's not really a before and after. The right. only thing that's important is um, can you live from it? <laughs> can you make a living out of it? Right. And can you sustain yourself? Can you can you be uh, creating some sort of um, you know life for yourself as well? Whereas and and at the same time. Uh, creating a, a better world for others was doing that. And in essence, how do you not create more poverty by being unpaid on the, you know, on that job? Right. So, uh, well, so I was, I was, I've been, I'd been always involved in community project, community development project, campaigning activism in one way or another, in a good way or a bad way or clumsy way. <clears throat> and so I've learned by doing. And I also uh, had the opportunity to work in a couple of corporations. In their marketing department, so I've I've learned good stuff, but in a context that made me a little bit sad because that context was involving just one financial bottom line, and that made me sad because I was dreaming of a world that was a bit more inclusive, and uh, and that had a, a a better positive social impact. So that's what made me take the decision to actually do things on my my own my, my way, and that's how I created Ogunte which so, is an organization that really initially was about to um, create some positive social environmental change. So my big question is because what, you know, I'm going to have you explain really in detail exactly what your organization does. But one of the things I'm always so curious about when somebody creates a community in an organization is what are the first steps that you really took to do that? Because it's really a lot of kind of creating like a mission statement and like, here's what I want to do to change the world. Here's what I want to do to move forward. And I need people to buy into that. And because I think people will, and I think they'll get passionate about it. So talk first about what like the whole top level scope of what Ogunte is, and then how you really took the first steps to get it off the ground. All right. So as I said before, it was not a clear cut. So I never followed, you know, uh, the, um, uh, how do you call this, the the model uh, or or, or I, I didn't read the book. <laughs> I, I read a lot of books about it, but afterwards, just to realize what I'd done wrong. And I've done many things wrong. <laughs> but, uh, Haven't but we I, all? <laughs> was, so what you need to understand is a lot of, and, and it's common to, I think, I guess a lot of my fellow social entrepreneurs is that we have an urge to do something about issues that we've identified. And and what we visualize uh, or the way we think of it doesn't always come as a business plan. We feel instinctively that things should be done. And what we do is we are probably good connectors. We say, okay, wait a minute. I've seen these people doing that kind of, of work in the community and they should be put in touch with the others and blah, blah, blah. And you start working out a an, an, an instinctive ecosystem. And then you realize that, oh, wait a minute, there is maybe a, you know, a, a community group into that or a social venture because maybe there's a sustainable way to make the money flow or circulate right. you know, with that concept. Then only you start to formalize things. 
Now, there's the good guys in in this group who are who are, who are very disciplined and write things down, and who use a business temp, you know business model generator, for instance, and they start to map all this. That's great, and a lot of people will go years without doing one. Okay, right. right. Uh, so I, I guess when you're a bit more formal, sometimes it helps because you get maybe uh, funding a bit quicker. So what I did is is I had this instinct in me to to help, uh, but to connect people and to encourage people to do to do things for their community or do things a little bit different to be more efficient at it. So I had that that thing of that supportive instinct in me, and that's that's what became my role. And my role, it was clearly defined as an intermediary. Um, my role was to support others in developing their social ventures mm. in order to do good in their community. So what are the, like, what are the actual features that Ogonte has? And, and you can even talk present tense, too, because I know it's evolved since 2001. Yeah. But yeah. talk a little bit about the features that Ogunte has that services because there's more of a woman focus now to service like social women entrepreneurs. So social women entrepreneurs are coming, they're becoming a part of the community. And then what do they get? What are, what are they participating right. in? You know, they come at the same, at different stages. Some are pre-revenue, some have got some sort of uh, involvement in networks, but they haven't started a business. Um, at the stage where we are now, the ecosystem in the UK, for instance, and in the world has got much more on offer to support the startup entrepreneurial ecosystem. So I tend to do a bit less at the startup level. Um, what I do well for them is, is a lot of networking events and, and dinners and gatherings where they can actually rub shoulders with more advanced women social entrepreneurs. The other offering is uh, an incubation system, acceleration system for women social entrepreneurs. And we pioneered one in the UK called Make a Wave. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is um, unlike most of the incubation system, we, we focus on the behavior of the entrepreneur because we assume that a lot of uh, the technical expertise is out there for mentors, um, but also you know on the internet itself. It, it's when you find it on the internet, it doesn't mean that you, when, when you read it on the internet, it doesn't mean that you are going to apply it. So I'm interested in, you know, helping people applying and making decisions about what they need to put in place to make things happen, how they need to behave, if they need to behave dif- differently, how they communicate differently, and how it, if, if it's well, um, um, if they understand that very well within themselves. So you can read tons of books and you still don't act accordingly. Right. So I was very interested in looking at the behavior behind it and accelerated that decision making, that insights, and, you know, that sort of things. So the incubation was about putting in the same room some women social entrepreneurs and angels and VCs and, 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 you know, coaching them into understanding the things you say, the things you don't say, how you recruit angels yourself or funders for your organization, how you, how you build relationships with them, what is it that you show, what is it that you do not disclose, uh, you know, and that sort of things. And they say, oh, that's interesting the rest they had it already. They knew how to build a business plan or that the kind of things, but actually the way they were distributing this plan was not relevant. Right. Okay. And they don't and know that unless they're around other people and can ask that. Well, that, you know what? If they can go years and years and years and having written tons and tons and tons of plans, but actually it's not suitable. Mm. And they needed to hear it from peers. So incubation is another service. 
the peer-to-peer -peer network is very important. Make sure that they connect with others who are doing the same kind of work or doing something a bit different or with a totally different legal structure to understand what's at stake, to understand that there's a different ways to see the world or a different ways to envisage a social business as well, you know? Right. And 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 for the ones who are much more advanced, uh, there is that element of coaching and individual support that they get, and uh, and they get missions. You know, they get uh, they get uh, lovely homework that they embrace, and and they do great <laughs> things with that. So it, it could be, uh, you know, for some of them, that's that's the funny bit. They, you know, they're good at, at writing the business and the logistics of it, but they need to learn more about how to communicate it in a way that everybody understands and doesn't make people run away right. out of boredom. They say, how about you do a TEDx talk or something like that, you know, make it exciting right, you know, right get out there so that's that kind of challenge or it might be that they actually restructure their business together or that they merge with someone else or that they uh, they get uh, they get to learn how to attract angels or funders that they wouldn't have approached in other circumstances so challenging uh, homework so um i mean so if you are a woman entrepreneur wanting to make social change you know, anywhere around where Ogonte uh, is, you are the one-stop shop for them to access other people like themselves, other like-minded peers, get education that can help them, you know, grow in their business journey, and then yeah. have like a specific incubator program if that's something that they want to go through to really make some strategic growth, right? Yeah. yeah. Got it. Love it. Okay, so I have so many questions just on the structure of this and how you actually run this. And I'm asking because... Definitely, there are women listening who have ha have really had a passion about a topic or some sort of something and want to bring – I mean, there's so many people who want to bring women together and want to bring groups of people together and, and start out as those people just like you're describing as somebody who's really good at connecting others. But there is a science behind how you do that successfully. So what I would love to know is – how, what lessons have you learned along the way of how to put pe the right people in the room and how to structure and engineer what's happening so that it doesn't just become another little social fest where people are drinking and, you know, people are shoving cards in each other's face type of a type of a thing? Like what yeah. what things yeah. <laughs> have you learned in order to make a, a some whatever get together that you're having really productive for people and brings value to people? Well, yeah, it, it's funny you should say that because the, the, the exchanging cards and, and just talking and having very bad wine during events is something I, that really frightens me. <laughs> it's more the bad wine rather than wine, but <laughs> I just can't understand that. And, and also I've got a, a, a child as well, so I don't want to spend all my nights out for nothing. Right. You know, it needs right. to be curated. And I love the word curation. I love to orchestrate. I get a buzz out of putting the right people in the room and see what happens. Uh, but what happens as well is to um, work with them and, you know, in, in the way they ask each other questions. For instance, we had a dinner recently. We do prototyping, uh, the, uh, the fast prototyping uh, uh, dinner where we put a, a certain amount of people in the room and we have a theme and the dinner is facilitated and we solve an issue that they, you know, one of them has or that the, that community has in particular. And so what I use is basically a, a coaching question, coaching methodology. Mm -hmm. Instead of asking, so what do you do? 
right, right. <laughs> you know, and, and I can read about them on the internet and they're bored to answer these same questions as well. How about we ask more exciting questions? So one of the things we have at the moment is like, imagine you're in 2030 and there are one million women social entrepreneurs connecting to change the course of the world. How do you introduce yourself if you know that you're part of that movement, of that tsunami of women social entrepreneurs? How do you introduce yourself? What role do you take? What, what, what is, where is your leadership? What have you achieved? And, and are you clear about the elements that you've used to uh, achieve this? And so I, I encourage them to think about the future and to use the way they're going to introduce themselves in the future now. I don't know mm-hmm. if that makes sense, yeah. but they think about, okay, it's 2030. What is, what has been my journey so far? And what did I use? What did I leave behind? Because it was utterly boring or non-essential and other things. And it, it, it makes them think differently. And then in turn, they present, they introduce themselves differently and they're much more exciting. As a result, people remember them and they want to talk together to these people and they've got a more compelling way to introduce themselves. And I mean, people can, and uh, refer them to other uh, connections that they have, you know. It's about putting a little bit of love, of self-love as well in the way you communicate. Mm. And for me, it's easier to remember uh, you when you have a, a sort of a, a, a visual way to explain what you're going to achieve or what you have achieved. Right. And it As really and it language comes, is very important. And, and then it comes down to the fact that now they've had a really unique, powerful experience at your event. And so they you know, now that's a value to them. Now that's something they remember and that experience that they had with your company is something yeah. they want to keep on coming back to. Yes, they uh, they sense that they have a space to speak, but also to listen to others and to be listened to. And when they, when they use that, when they are used to that way to connect, then they use it elsewhere. So it spreads like a virus, mm. you know? Does does Ogunte work like a membership? Like how, what are your pockets of revenue? Is Are these, all of these different things sort of like people are buying tickets to some of these events? Are they, you know, paying a certain, um, uh, you know, uh, is there like a, a cost on the incubation program? Are they yeah. paying X amount of dollars and now they're a member of all this stuff so they get access to it? Yeah. How does that work? We haven't, we haven't got a, a formal membership uh, uh, process by which they pay 10 quid a month, you know, and that, that kind of thing. But all the, all the, there needs to be a full cost recovery anyway. So that means that budgets are sliding from one post to another to cover or to sponsor activities. Got it. Okay. And, and we use a lot of other women led enterprises to organize as tools for it to organize events. So for instance, we use a system here in London uh, for the London dinners, when we organize dinners, it's a platform that 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 take uh, that or, that um, take on board all the logistics of organizing a dinner. They have the connection with the restaurant, for instance. Uh, they deal with the bookings and everything. So people who come pay the dinner, pay the price of the dinner on that platform. We organize an event and we use that platform to uh, to uh, to to make the bookings. Gotcha. And, and my time then is sponsored by another activity. And for me, that's the way to market myself. I'd rather market myself um, around the dinner table rather than, you know, posting an ad in a magazine that no one will read and that will, has no, that will have no return anyway. Yeah, exactly. Okay? So it's about how you spend your time and who sponsors that time. But it's not rigid. It's not because you say, okay, $200 for marketing, 
And once it's off, it's up. It's you know, it, it's it's much more fluid than that. In fact, everything is modeled on that fluidity concept. So um, uh, the, the revenue model is hybrid. Some people will be sponsored to attend uh, event or activities, or they will have to crowdfund themselves, mm-hmm. or or they or they will have to uh, to pay for it themselves. Basically, got it. Yeah, yeah. So. Um... So how like how many women are a part of this whole network? Because you you got a lot of pockets. So you have your accelerator, the Make a Wave. Um, you have a Gunte as a whole. What what's like how many women are part of this whole movement? So for the la- for the whole for the whole incubation program, and we had uh, we had a program in the UK and also a virtual program online. Uh, we count two hundred and fifty women having participated so far. Nice. And uh, some some are more light touch and some are more intensive and they had one-to-one physical contact with us. I mean, a face-to-face contact with us. <laughs> and others were... Well, That's a whole different type of organization you're talking about. <laughs> whatever, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you know. Yeah. And, and, and um, yes. Um, but it's actually funny because the, the ones who, who make the effort of, of traveling or, or when they have, when they can, you know, meeting us, smallest chapters in this in this in a street they are in or in their on the community they are when they do meet up and they can actually hold hands physically and said you know what or or tap on on their colleague's shoulder and say you're not on your own right that's very important so you need both you need the flexibility of the online programs and and the intimacy of meeting with a peer and and showing empathy yeah yeah absolutely and this is why we've created that 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 map online is called map uh, it's a it's a map for impact women so an impact women map it's called map.ogunte.com and what happened is that people pin their business uh, uh on the map they pin their name mm-hmm. and and uh, the, their twitter handle appears and they can see the location of all the women social entrepreneurs in the world so we wow. we really want to uh to to make that map burn out yeah <laughs> what a great tool we could put one million people. It's going to be full of dots. <laughs> so how many how many countries are you guys in now? Like anyone af- affiliated with Agunte at any point? Like how many countries are you in? So we d- we have ambassador ambassadors that have their own business and that are knowledgeable about women's social entrepreneurship. So we'll have uh, in eight countries we've got repre- representation in eight countries but of course most of it happened online right so we can connect people all over the world but if you go to mapogunte.com and you uh, click on the uh, ambassador page uh, then you'll see that there are uh, ambassadors in south africa in the u.s uh in pakistan uh got switzerland uh in tunisia in kenya you know, and these are only uh, people who take up the ambassador role. That means they're they're you know they're very vocal on social media. They they know their stuff, and they're great, great ladies, absolutely fabulous, with great stories too. Right. So, what are you doing um, to grow and to get to that one million mark of women who are part of this movement? Like, what sort of things are you using, um, or are you doing, or are you executing that are really working for you to spread the word and to get more people involved in your organization? So we really bank on the the, the, the stamina and the positive soul of these ambassadors, whether they are already listed on on the uh, Impact Women Network, you know, the, the map.ogunte.com uh, or, or not. We really bank on the, the, the stamina of these um, connectors because it's important for them, it's important for the women social entrepreneurs community to work together 
to create an impact. They can't be isolated from each other. So what we do is we encourage these ambassadors or these connectors to organize dinners or platform where these women social entrepreneurs can speak, can be recognized, uh, can be nominated to local awards or or uh, can be called in to tender, uh, you know, for projects or for public sector projects or private sector projects, whatever. Uh, it's important that we pass on the opportunities that occur and that we really put forward these women social entrepreneurs to make them as visible as possible. One thing I've noticed, and this is not just for um, women social entrepreneurs themselves, but I've noticed in their communities, sometimes you ask them to introduce themselves. And the funny thing, you know, they forget to say their name or the name of their business. (laughs) (laughs) But that's sad. Because they, they talk so well about their mission and their beneficiaries, they forget to remind the people at the table who they are and what the business is about, and what the business is called. And apart from the ones who have had training in media, for instance, uh, and, and speaking specifically, they know that they, they drop their name every two minutes or every minute, so they're very good at it. But a, a lot of our fellows, sadly, uh, because they're so generous with the you know their beneficiaries, they forget to say their name. Right. And, and this is something we need to work on very, very, very hard. Um. So, Ron, one of my questions is, how are you, <laughs> I think one of the beautiful and most challenging parts about being someone so passionate about a cause and really bringing a movement, like bringing people together, is that you are 100% in. And so you're the one doing everything for the most part in the beginning. And my question is, how are you scaling this out? Like, how are you able to actually take care of all of this and not have to be everywhere all the time like do you have a team that helps you out are you uh, how successful have yeah, you been at delegating a, how are you doing that yeah i've got um it, the the thing is there's the brand so uh can i can i give the key to Ogunt, of, of Ogunte to someone else in another part of the world while i'm not there 24 7 Woo, shaky i think that all leaders that must have had that that moment where they say are you mad <laughs> <laughs> And if they do trust the keys, well, that person is bloody good. Right, <laughs> exactly. And so it, it gives you a very uh, strong uh, uh, job specs or job criteria. You know, you, you can put very good, very harsh criteria, actually. It happened to me, um, in, uh, for instance, in the UK, we had, when we first launched the Make-A-Wave program in another part of the city, I recruited some associates. And there are people who are like-minded who had their own views of how to do things, but they knew their locality, they knew their region very well, much better than me. Mm. In fact, they knew it very well, and I, I didn't know much about their locality. So they knew they were excellent networkers, connectors. They knew their topic by heart. They also knew who were the key players or the key actors, stakeholders in their community, and I, I just I accepted that I couldn't know it all. And then when I managed to see how they were behaving and how they were facilitating, how they were coaching others, you know, the, the technical expertise, I said, ah, oh, that's fine. They're, they're cool. They're great. So here you go. So it's an associates, uh, an associateship relationship. Mm. And uh, we fundraise together and they're, they're, you know, they get their cut and, uh, and it, it works on sort of a, a year program basis so that it's not just a two, two days workshop or something like that. It's much longer. Right, right. For that type of program, yeah. 
because I need durability and also need what's very important is that you need to measure your impact and, and you can't do that if, you know, the relationship has, has lasted only two days. How, how do you measure your impact for the people that you're providing services for? And there's a lot of anecdotal evidence, feedback collection, um, conversations, uh, such as, you know, the journey travel from A to B, what do you expect to see in six months, in 12 months, and then in six months you come back and say, what happened? Right. And uh, was it, you know, uh, how did we contribute to that or what else contributed to that? What is the dead weight? So there's a lot of conversation happening. And we try to merge uh, the kind of, uh, you know, the the measuring activities in a way that they're a bit, <laughs> you know, that they become seamless. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ask people to tell their stories or to hold a journal. And the journal is that contains actually information on the journey traveled. You know? Yeah. And this tells us a lot. We learn a lot from these journals. I think that's beautiful. That's a really great idea. Because you know what happens is it ends up solidifying for them because you don't usually stop to think about the stuff. You just keep moving. So it solidifies for them. Oh, yeah, this is the impact that this has had on me. So it actually exactly. helps yeah. helps you prove to them that, that you know, the stuff that they're participating in is really positive for them. Yeah, um, when it's written, when it's written or it's documented, maybe when there are pictures and everything, that's it's a way storytelling and it has a coaching uh, influence in it as well. Yeah. You can actually track back the transformation then and they can actually replicate that with other people. And I learn and I've got evidence of the journey travel so that I can speak about it. Right. And that makes me change or amend the programs and see what works, see what doesn't. But when you include the storytelling element in it, it's a great way to measure. Yeah, no, I agree with you happened. on that one. Throughout all these years um, of the evolution of Ogunte, what has been one of your toughest moments? Like, what has been a really dark moment for you? And how did you get through it? Um, When my personal life was a bit shaky. Yeah. uh, I didn't have the soul uh, to, I didn't have full attention for my business. And at the same time, it kept me going. Uh, not financially <laughs> at that uh, time, but it kept me going. Is this, if I hadn't had that and that that purpose, I don't know. It would have been a very. I would have been in a very very dark place. Mm. So it kind of works so, as your savior, and obviously you couldn't be there totally one hundred percent. Yeah, it, it's it's an it's an it's a nuts situation because you are so involved in it that sometimes you know you don't want to get rid of it. It becomes your alter ego. So that's not healthy. Right. Uh, and then at the same time, you know, it, 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 it makes you stand straight and, and you look at the accomplishment and you say, Jesus, it's a monster, but it's a good monster. Right, <laughs> right. Um, Servan, what do you see as the next evolution? I, I get that the vision is really having a million women who are part of this movement. What do you see as the next evolution of, of what you're doing? Um, I'd like to, I'm, I'm doing several things at the moment, still within Ogunte, but I'm also collaborating with a, a large organization called, uh, uh, not a large, it's not a big organization, but they have a real large outreach. They're called Womanity, mm-hmm. the Womanity Foundation, and I'm managing the Womanity Award program. And the Womanity Award program is a, uh, a, a way to, inv- it's a program that invests in an ecosystem of organizations that have ways, tools, or services that prevent violence against women and girls. Mm. 
And this year, the focus will be specifically organizations that have an IT or new technology service or tool to prevent violence against women and girls. Why it is important is that because there is a social uh, there is an entrepreneurial element to it that attracts me. There is the incubation thing uh, that attracts me as well because once people are winning the competition, they are followed for up to three years, and they get they get uh, a, a cash equivalent of of technical support, expertise, network stakeholders put through them. Mm-hmm. So this incubation is very important. The uh, the networking is important. But what I've what I've what I've noticed, and if you are not keeping, uh, if you are not building peaceful communities and safe communities for women you will lose out the whole world will lose out we won't be able to speak about social entrepreneurship or achievements in any case if we haven't solved this and i really really like us to solve this stuff and move on Mm. there's still too much case occurrences of violence against women and girls and by by extension but against men as well we can't just we can't just have this going on and on and on because we're missing out. Right, the world's missing out and business is missing out. It's it's just it's just a non-negotiable. We need to solve this in order to have a more inclusive world uh, and a world that is not falling in decay. Right, and that's a that's a no-brainer. So, you know, it's like when you have a new house. Or you're building a house, you're, you're buying a house, you might put all the decoration you want. If the walls are rotten, you're not going to stay in for very long. It's a bad investment. Right. you got to fix that. We have to fix that. Otherwise, we're making ourselves just um, more miserable. And who invests in, in something, in an ecosystem that creates more poverty? People are out of their mind where they allow that to happen. Right. Everybody's involved. So what what I what I understand by and what why I'm doing what I'm doing that social entrepreneurship that safety and peacekeeping for women it's not just something we do you know a it's not a charitable activity it's not something we do to give back it's something fundamental that deserves a lot of attention and that has a business case in itself it's. It's if you want to grow economies or to uh, have a more inclusive world and a world that works for everybody, we have to think at the how do you integrate social and environmental impact and peace and safety in the world. Mm. It's very serious. It's not fluffy. No. It's warm. Yeah. Well, well, I'm glad that you I'm glad that you really hold back on your passion towards this topic because <laughs> I'm just kidding. It it is so beautifully obvious how you were just doing the exact right thing right now and leading this revolution of women who want to make a change in this world and are doing it through an economic means of business, which I think is brilliant. Yeah. So, um, and you are yeah. really facilitating so many more women who can do that. So, big congratulations to you! Thank you so Thank you. much for sharing so much about what you're doing and how you're doing it. And I really appreciate it. Thank you. You really need to tap in the community. We've got like thousands of women, uh, you know, that start to pin themselves on the map, and and also, uh, I can't just keep this on my email inbox. You understand? I want to get rid of all these things and share it with the world. I don't yeah. want. I don't want you to keep all these names for myself. So <laughs> please tap in and tell your colleagues and all the broadcasters to really tell the stories. Their stories are ready. Stories are ready to go. You know, we just need to spread them. 
enjoyed that conversation with Servan. Um, you know, again, a small little thing that I got out of it, which was really great that she mentioned towards the very end, was this idea of storytelling testimonials. So, so many times we think that feedback has to come in the form of numbers and on a scale of one to 10, how much did you enjoy this event? And while those are really wonderful, hearing the stories of your clients really gives you anecdotal um, you know, evidence as to what you're doing right, what you could be doing better, and hearing those testimonials in their story format is really powerful, and I'm so glad that she talked about that. Um, I hope you had a phenomenal time listening, listening to Sylvan and the story that she has. And um, hopefully it brought just a little bit of light to what you're doing in business and some more education and uh, maybe just awareness about what you're doing and what you could do. So thank you so much for being here. Can't wait to see you on the next episode.